right, guys, we're back. Uh, and we have a very exciting, uh, what would I call it, um, update or maybe an improvement. We're going to find out to the, to the podcast. And we're here, and someone else has joined with me. Who's with me? What up, fam? There you go. Everyone's favorite evening coach, uh, Rebecca, is here. And what we're going to do today is we're going to do some Q&A. So put a thing out on Facebook about just some questions that you guys had. Uh, and then we're just going to kind of go through these. We're not going to get to all of them today. I think we're going to get to two of them today. And then next time we're going to do like a round table type discussion uh, to get with the other coaches to get some other feedback and stuff like that. So before we jump in here, Becca, how was your Thanksgiving? It was so good. It yeah. was short, but it was good. Favorite Thanksgiving food? Gita-lock? Oh my yeah. Uh, mm, hash brown casserole. Hmm. Yeah, that was a new addition this year. It was delicious. Hash brown casserole is good. Yeah. I think mine is uh, dressing, but yeah, it was fun. It's basic and it's fun. It <coughs> <laughs> uh, what else do I say? Okay. All right. So here's what we got. You, we got two questions that we're going to get to today. And... We'll just kind of take them. I don't know how long each one of these is going to take. And just so y'all know, me and Rebecca right now are literally flying just by the seat of our pants on this podcast. So I don't know. Like, I might have more of a well-thought-out uh, answer to some of these, and she might have some as well just as we get down, the, you know, later on in the weeks. But we're just going to try to answer these the best we can. Um, so Meg. And Meg, you're awesome. You're amazing. Yep. Thank you for this question. Uh, you said that... Well, actually, I'm going to let... That's my, that's my one job, <laughs> right. y'all, is to read these questions. All right. <clears throat> Meg said, um, I know that coming to the gym is self-care for a lot of us members. I would be interested to hear coaching staff discuss their own personal forms of self-care, and if that's also the gym, how they balance that with work. Also, how can we as members support the health of coaches and provide encouragement in the area of self-care? It's hmm. a very thoughtful question, Meg. It is. That was not at all what I had in mind that people were going to respond with when I put this question out there, but I appreciate you. Um, self-care. I don't know. What do you, I mean, <laughs> I don't, okay. <clears throat> I could go for a long time on this one. I'm going to try not to, I'm going to try to keep it uh, kind of short and brief. I don't know. I, um, personal form of self-care. So for me with the gym, it is self-care, but there also has to be some, boundaries yeah, there boundaries. right yeah and which i don't like what do your boundaries look like with that bears in here too guys so if y'all hear him <laughs> whine or cough that's what's going on um uh, yeah we kind of touched on this when i did mine a while ago um yeah i would say the gym is like my form of self-care but since it's like i guess it's a little different for us and it probably is for you guys because it's also our job so um Man, I don't know. That's tough. Honestly, self-care for me uh, outside of the gym is like going home and doing nothing yeah. so that I have the energy to come and, you know, be present at work. Yeah, that's big for – and when I was on the floor a lot, like that was one of the things that Lauren and I had to work through because like when you're talking with people all day and like you're in front of people all day and then you get home and all you want to do is just like check out and just not have to do like anything right um because it's just 
especially for people who aren't like myself, I'm not uh, <clears throat> an extrovert. Uh, I'm definitely more introverted, um, and that's just how I recharge is just by literally doing nothing. Um, and so that's one of those things that, um, yeah, definitely is a fine balance act. I would say that now that I'm not on the floor as much, self-care for me looks a lot different, and it has actually gotten to the point to where working out is much more a form of self-care. So um, I've had seasons of life, like I've literally taken – like let's say I've been doing this for 10 years. There have literally been years in that 10 years where I was still coaching, but I did not work out for like yeah. a full year at a time. Oh, me too. Yeah. Like it was just like, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, I can't. No desire. Yeah. And, um, but now with just the admin work, which is stuff that I'm not very, uh, I don't know, I guess I would just say not very gifted for. I don't feel like I have to like make myself do it. Working out, is just a huge stress reliever for me and I have to make it a priority. So, you know. Yeah. If it helps any of you that have done the Enneagram test, Jake and I are both fives. Which so. <laughs> I feel like if anyone knows that they would they would probably if you spent any time around Rebecca and I, you would probably be like you might think that that's not true, but then if you really thought about it, you'd be like, yeah, they're both pretty blunt and just say whatever they want to say. So, <laughs> That's, that's really where we come from with that. Um, <clears throat> but then I think self-care is also, for me personally, self-care is making sure that I'm taking time completely disconnected from the gym. And what I mean by that is like no phone, no like just not having a lot of technology or anything like that. And for me, like if I don't read at least for like half an hour to an hour every day, I like I can tell that my I start to get drained like really fast with that for some reason I don't know why but it's just like if I don't have that time to sit and kind of contemplate things like get my thoughts out on paper or meditate or pray or read scripture definitely like I do those every day um, but yeah if I just don't have like an hour or two a day where I just kind of like pour into myself then I can't really do my job very effectively do you find it harder to uh, like turn your phone off and disconnect because you have so many athletes like yes like you know, <clears throat> yeah. Athletes. Yeah, and I have to just set. <clears throat> I mean, I think you guys are all pretty good at it because y'all know that I'm, for the most part, I'm pretty bad about texting. Um, <laughs> most people, especially in my family, know that. My athletes, I try to be better with because, like, a lot of times, which if you're an athlete of mine and you're listening to this, if you have questions about your programming, don't text me like five minutes before you're about to do the workout. Like, take a look at it 24 hours in <laughs> advance and be like, hey, I'm not sure what this is that I have going on tomorrow. That makes it a lot easier for me to get back to. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's just, so that's why there is about an hour every day where I just turn my phone off. And like, it doesn't matter if anyone needs me during that time, I'm not talking to them, yeah. right? Because it's just, it's not there. Um, how this is a question so how do you balance because you are at the gym for a long time just as much as me pretty much unless i come in the morning but then even if you're not here in the morning you're still coaching in the morning just at somewhere else so how do you balance just like that time for yourself and then being at the gym all the time like how does that work uh my big thing i think is the weekends and like this is this kind of goes the second part of the question that meg asked how can members support the health of coaches um a lot of times when we do like gym stuff on the weekends or when people are like hey let's go grab lunch or whatever and I have to say no or I just like 
don't show up. Mm-hmm. It's not because I don't love you guys and I don't want to be with you 24-7, but, like, typically if I can kind of have the weekend to myself and, like, recharge for 48 hours, then I'm good for the week. Whereas, like, if I have stuff to do on the weekends and I'm busy and whatever, then the week comes back around and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm still empty. Like, yeah. No, it's when we have events and stuff like yeah. that, that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Like, if we do something on a Saturday or on a Sunday, like, whether it be Friendsgiving or whatever it is, yeah. like, those are fun. I really enjoy them, but they do make the weekend go by a lot faster. Yes. And it's like, man, I haven't had a time just to sit and, like, yeah. just chill. Um, and y'all don't feel bad if Rebecca just dips out on you. She did that <laughs> on me this weekend. So, with me and Lauren, we were having people over, and she was like, oh, I'm coming. Like, left the gym. was like, Rebecca, just let me know if you need to come over there earlier or anything. <laughs> And she texted me at, like, halftime. And was like, hey, I'm still laying on the floor at the gym. It's really not looking good. I don't think I'm going to make it. At least I didn't just no call, no show, you know? <laughs> That's true. Um, but I would say one thing that <clears throat> if you want to support, like, the health of the coaches and provide encouragement in the areas of self-care, um, for well, me personally, I think it would really just be, uh, like, y'all could – definitely uh pray for our coaches like you really can like pray for me just with the stuff um like i said management and business in general is not like i don't have a degree in this stuff i'm just trying to figure it out as i go and then all of our coaches have you know a lot of busy things in their life as well so just pray for them to be able to like manage all that stuff like ellie is in gosh she's in nursing school she does nutrition coaching and she coaches classes here and she just got married. Like, there's just a ton of life stuff that all our coaches have going on. AC is in school, trying to get into med school. And she's yeah. coaching and she works another job. Like, Boone has two jobs. I mean. It's a glamorous life of coaching, y'all. Yeah, for sure. You um, know what we should do? All the coaches should take that love language test. I'm serious. I feel like Meg would appreciate that. <laughs> because, like, I'm serious. It's not, like, a big thing. Like, for me my love language is words of affirmation mm-hmm. so like that it doesn't cost you anything to just be like hey thanks for coaching today you did great bud yeah, yeah. and that stuff does go a long way yeah and i don't me and um me and lauren have been married <laughs> hey bear me and lauren have been married for like five four years four and a half years now and we're still trying to figure out my love language like i know hers <laughs> um but i don't know if i have one um <clears throat> but yeah, any kind of like any time I hear like athlete testimonies or any time I just hear anyone tell me that they like Ashley Davis, you were, you know, I just posted a video of her doing the um, like an athlete testimony. And one of the best things she said to me during that interview, she was like, this is the best hour of my day. Right. Like that, like hearing that kind of stuff is just so encouraging to me because it's like, wow, OK, we're doing something right. And um, and it just makes and that's a testament to like Rebecca because Ashley comes to most of her classes. It's just Let's us know that we're on the right track and that we're doing doing good. Um, and yeah, so I would definitely say that. And then if y'all want to come to classes, that really helps. Like we don't, I don't really. If you've ever been to a class with just one person in it, like I'm not saying that that's a problem. I love doing personal training, guys. I love it. But it's it's nice to have a lot of people in a class. That's supporting the health of your coaches because it makes it fun. So there you go. Come catch 445 one day. Mm, yeah, you had a lot of people yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Like 20. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a big classes are a blast. Yeah. They're fun. Um, so, yeah, Meg, that would be in terms of like personal forms of self care. Like, that's definitely one for me is just uh, 
I mean, there could be more. I could list out a lot more, but it's really taking time of, if anyone's ever read um, Stephen Covey's book, uh, <clears throat> The Seven uh, Habits of Highly Effective People, in there he talks about how <clears throat> people who are really busy and have to manage a lot, he kind of splits up his day into four different quadrants. So he splits it up into like things that are urgent and that are important, things that are not urgent but are important, and then you have things that are important, not urgent, and or maybe that's what I said. There's four quadrants. I can't remember. You have like not urgent, not important, all that, all that stuff. And uh, in his book, he talks about how a lot of people will put off the things that are important but that are not urgent uh, because you know they're not pressing, but you know that you need to do them. And they, those are really the things that all fall underneath self-care. So it falls under stuff like you know, working out, taking time for yourself, you know, getting away, having vacations, whatever it may be. All that stuff's important. But it's not urgent, and if you're not diligent in how you manage your day and how you manage your task and your roles, then uh, that stuff can really get get pushed off to the side. So, all right, good question. What's the next one? All right, oh, Ashley Davis. Oh my gosh. All right, um, she says, "Which one of us are you trying to punish with this week's programming?" Everyone. <laughs> um, just kidding. How do you decide the programming for the week, uh, and what goes through your head when you're planning it? Okay. We'll take a long time on this one. We'll, uh, we'll get into this. I like this. Yeah, this, this would be a good question. So, and Rebecca's job is to be like the athletes and try to like, yeah, just kind of press me on some of this stuff because this is really the only question that we have where like I'm the only one who can really answer it because I'm the one who does the programming. Um, not that our coaches don't see it and give feedback on it. They do. But I usually set it up and then they take a look at it at our weekly staff meeting on Wednesday for the week ahead. And then we kind of go from there. Uh, so let's let's do it retroactively uh, for this past week. We'll take a look at it. First off, I'm punishing everyone because Thanksgiving was on Thursday. So y'all need to get your button gear for the rest of the week. So that's why. That um, is true. Um, <clears throat> but not really. It, I'll be honest. And I'm not. Uh, what's the best way to put this? If you ask anyone who programs for a gym, um, like you're gonna have weeks where things just flow a little more naturally and easily like from your brain than others, right? And like for me, I really felt like this week kind of came together nicely for me. Like I, I, I don't look at every week of programming and be like, man, I really like that week. Like I, I wish I could do that, but it just doesn't, it doesn't always happen. But this was one of those weeks where I looked at it and I was like, I feel really good about that. Like I feel like we really hit everything that we needed to hit and, and it's good to go from there. But I would say <clears throat> with starting that process. <laughs> Sorry. Ashley Walters <laughs> just arrived at the gym. <laughs> and she has made her presence known. Do you know who says that in the Goonies, though? Bear. I don't know his name, but the guy with the weird pants. You don't know his name? Sean! No. no. <laughs> this guy that's like... <laughs> this guy that does a truffle shuffle. The truffle shuffle. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, you do. That, that's Chunk. What's his name? Sloth. Sloth. Oh, God, I 
Sloth. Chunk. Chunk. This is one of those times, like when they talk about the office, you know? I don't really know what's going on here. You've seen Goonies, right? You've oh. never seen Goonies? No, I just said that. I said that. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're watching the Goonies. Okay. We're Seriously. Y'all are working out today. We're working out today. Self-care. That's right. There's certain things that build character. Watching the Goonies is one I of them. I got a dad for real. Okay. And the people. Okay. <laughs> is this appropriate for... No, yeah, it's so okay. funny. I'm going to Wine. Something with wine. He <laughs> <laughs> let out a little wine. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. That's cute. That's, That's good. Cute. This is like preparing it. me for uh, fatherhood. You know, I was actually going to ask that. Since we're cute, this Q&A, mm -hmm. yep. she's a Q. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's He's a co-host. Yeah, she's co-host. Job done. Anyways. All right, just so everyone heard that, they just asked if the goof troop, which would be Rebecca, Ashley, and Carrie specifically, even though there's quite a few others that could be thrown in there as well, um, has prepared me for childhood. No, fatherhood. Fatherhood, <laughs> childhood. I've already been prepared for childhood. Prepare me for children. Um, ah, you know, I mean, I'm going to have to wait until they get to. First off, I better hope that they're women, that, they're, that, I, have, that I have children, You're not that, that they're girls. Um, and then, in addition to that, I need to wait until they're about 20, 21 or so, and then I can probably start to relate to them the way I relate to you guys. Yeah, I don't really think that y'all have. Hi, look what I did on the way over here. Okay. Aw, she wrote so many questions. I look did. at this. Starting with the first one. Do you think that you would survive a zombie apocalypse, or would you die? Me? Yeah. yeah. This may sound arrogant, but yeah, I think I would. Would you be a hunter or a gatherer? <laughs> <laughs> what do hunters and gatherers do? I don't hunters? know the difference. Oh my gosh. Gatherers go get the berries. They gather. I I think I'd be a, a hunter, but I don't I don't know. I don't really like that's the one area where like in terms of masculinity, I don't ha I'm not I don't hunt and like I have been hunting like maybe twice and so like when other guys talk about guns, they're like, oh, I got a 22 or oh, I got a 45 or whatever um, it is. Other guys like Ashley. Yeah, other guys like yeah. Ashley. I'm like, I just have to be like, I just kind of have to nod my head like, oh, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's sick. Yeah, dude. That's cool. I bet that's great. Um, what's it like coaching all females? Oh, my gosh. When did this turn into a Q&A on me and coaching? <laughs> there were five questions in there, so you need to narrow it down to like one that you want me to Start answer. With, you know, uh, was it like coaching all females? Yeah. Coaching all females in this aspect has prepared me to be a father in the sense that I think I, I, y'all have made it keenly, keenly aware to me that I need to work on my communication skills. Yes. And more specifically in how I communicate things that... Your delivery. Yeah, my delivery would be how I need to communicate. So instead of being like, yeah, that wasn't very good. You need to do that again. Being like, hey, you know what? Let's try it again. And let's maybe try to do it this way this time. Right? Hey, oh Nick. My God, it's no, just a, Nick, this is a free it's throw. It's just a, you can come in too. Do you it's have okay. a question? We're live right now, bud. Hey, what? We're live. Do you have a question? It's 
Q&A. Not live, but it's being recorded live. It'll be uploaded later. No, it's no. <laughs> it's not season two. It is uh, a Q and A episode, and Ashley just decided to, uh, yeah, barge in and um, start she, asking questions. She has another good one. You want to keep on keeping on. If I have something to say, I'll, I'll say it. Okay. Do you cook or does Lauren cook? Oh. Uh, Do we have to phone a friend? <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren cooks, um, but she really cooks her food. She doesn't cook for Ooh, me necessarily. Savage. That, that's because. That's because I don't ask her to, and we eat different things. So she's doing nutrition coaching with Ellie right now, right? So her diet is pretty dialed in right now, trying to get to where she wants to go. And so mine is not as dialed in as it needs to be. She's already so. down. She's about to look like a quarter. She a dime piece. <laughs> I'm sure. I know she appreciates hearing all this. Um, so, yeah, sometimes. But, like, this weekend, she was really nice. And, like, I didn't get all my meal prep done for the week. And so she cut up my potatoes for me so I didn't have to do Aww, it. And just put them Lauren. in a bag. Didn't even tell me. That's yeah. thoughtful. Yeah. Yep. See? So. <laughs> Are there any more that you had? Or can we get back to our episode? Oh, so. What do you want Santa to bring you for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, Santa has 20 doll hairs. <laughs> well. <laughs> if we can only pull... $20 together. Uh, if I only have $20, which I don't even know if $20 will buy like a pair, of, pair, of, pair of grips. Um, no. Uh, no, it won't. One, <laughs> you one have grip. one. You have a left-hand grip. That's it. Um, no, when you get married, you don't have Christmases of your own anymore. Like, it's not like your parents. Like, you're like, hey, I want, like, for me, I would love to have a home gym. Like, just start getting pieces together for that, right? Yeah. But now, because we have a house and because we're married, our parents were like, oh, you guys want gliders. Okay, we'll What's get that? you, like, like two, like, you know, almost like lazy boys, but they kind of rock back and uh, forth, ooh, right? Yep. Lauren has wanted those for a while, and so it's like, okay, well, that's all our Christmas present from our family from you now on. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you get one? No, because I, I don't need anything for the house. Like, when we... When we, the first apartment that I had before we got married, like I got it a couple months before I got married. Um, and before we got married, all I had in it was I had a TV that sat on the ground and I had a bean bag and a lamp. Where did you sleep? I mean, I had a bed. The oh. bed was on the floor, but in the living room, that was all I had. Like that was it. Cause that's all I needed. That's all you need. Right. So that was, that was it. So I don't, I'm not a. Um. All right. Uh, why don't y'all ask Rebecca some questions? She's here for a Q&A, too. Ask Rebecca, her. do you think nah. you could survive a zombie apocalypse? Mm, God, my pride wants to say yes, but I think I'm too, like, I don't, I think I would die. What if you had to <laughs> climb a tree and you're scared of heights? Yeah, exactly. That's your only way to survive is you got to climb this tree. I can't. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, become a zombie, 100%. Oh, my gosh. Would you run from bed? Would she caught you? Well, right now, from our fitness level, she could catch me. So, yeah, that's an easy question. You just need to come and work out around 1 o'clock every day, and you'll see that very evident. That's because a zombie. Would you survive? Well, you have 42 guns, so maybe. Yeah, I'd survive. Have you all discussed your playlist? No. Which, by the way, I pulled up the iPad this morning, right, to coach, and mm-hmm. the last thing that had been played was the... Goop I was Troop. trying to listen to no, my favorite song. No, it's fine. Cleaning. It's fine. That's fine. It was on that was the Goop Troop playlist, all right? 
and I looked through it, and there's an explicit by like, there's probably 70 songs on there, and there's like 60 of them that are all explicit. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's a lit little symbol. Man, I meant to change that before I left. No, it's fine. I just pulled it up, and I was just like, my goodness. All right. Um, any any other questions for Rebecca? Y'all need to drill her. I got drilled. She needs to get drilled. I don't think, I don't think They're that. contemplating, so well, I don't Ashley think they. Well, Ashley like knows everything about me, so she's feeling. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nate just said he has not listened to our podcast. So. <laughs> All right. Well, those were good questions. Salty or sweet? Last one. Sweet. sweet, every day of the week. Every day of the week, yeah. I go through ice cream like it's no one's business. Uh, oh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, overall, like the Cookie Two Step from Bluebell, so good. But right now they have a special out called Christmas Cookie. Is it good? Oh. Does it taste like peppermint? In no, no, no. I don't like. I don't like peppermint. Oh, me either. I thought you said that you like peppermint, like uh, chocolate chip ice cream. Mint chocolate chip Mint is chocolate my favorite chip. ice cream, but that's not the same as peppermint. That's pretty close. I don't think so. Um, yeah, but Christmas cookie, it tastes like, you know those sugar frosted cookies that you get from Walmart Ooh. that were like, yeah, it's got like that icing split up all in it. Nick, so. what's your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream mm-hmm. is, I love chocolate chip cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough? There you go. It's classic. Big sucker for that, and I love mixing and oh, there you go. With coffee. Well, we yeah. got an ice cream connoisseur in here. Nick also looks right now. Nick looks right now like he's been on a sailboat uh, off in the Jamaican <laughs> Sea for the past couple weeks. You look nice and tan, bro. Yeah. Macarena? No. The, the line. The chimichanga. The, the chimichanga. You know, that's, the, a, that's a Mexican <laughs> restaurant dish. The, oh, shoot, I'll think All right, we're going to continue. We're going to get program. back into our actual programming. All right, I'm going to head out, man. Okay. All right, I'm going to head out. We're going to try. A conga line. Actually, it's a conga line. Okay, thanks, dude. Yep, there you go. All right, so if you skipped through all of that for the past you 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back on programming. So, me personally, with programming, here's how I look at things you have to make a very, very clear distinction between CrossFit for general population athletes and then CrossFit for competitors. And I've said this, I don't know how many times, so I'm pretty sure I sound like a broken record, but it's extremely important. And, you know, for most people, that's not even a distinction that you need to know about. But for me, because I have two roles in that as a coach and then for individual athletes and then as a gym owner who's programming for people who are just looking for health and wellness, I have to make that distinction. So when it comes to, and we're going to stick with just programming for uh, general pop and then just health and wellness. <clears throat> I am what you would call a CrossFit purist. So what that means is I periodically, probably a couple times a year, will take myself actually back through the CrossFit level one guide 
and I will look at like the foundational articles is what they call it that were written all the way back in like 2000, 2002 by Greg Glassman and just kind of outlines the CrossFit methodology, right? And like what it looks like to program for uh, fitness because CrossFit's the only one that has ever actually defined fitness, right? Like we have a definition for that and we can say, hey, here's what fitness is. It's increased work capacity across broad time and modal domains. So in programming, basically what you're doing is you're trying to program to make people as competent as in and allow them to get increased work capacity across broad time and modal domains. So with that being said, I only program a week at a time. <clears throat> there are some gyms I know that program months in advance, right? Um, I don't like that. And the kind of approach that I take to programming is, I, first off, I think that any gym, the owner or the head coach of that gym, someone that's on the floor or around the people day to day needs to be doing the programming for the gym. I am not a fan of gyms outsourcing their programming to third parties. So like there's a bunch of, uh, you know, companies now that will do programming for gyms and for affiliates and they give them class notes and they give them warmups and they give them cool downs and all this kind of stuff. And, that, and that's great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the people who are running those businesses. I just don't agree with it. Um, and that really comes back to a conviction that I have. This is going to sound like blasphemy. I'm not putting programming on the same level as preaching. Don't anyone email me about this. All right. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that it's kind of similar to like if a pastor were going to like print a sermon off the internet and then like give that sermon to his congregation. Right. That's kind of how I feel like it is with programming when you don't, when you're just giving it, getting it from someone else and then just giving it to your people. So I like to, if I do the programming, I can tell all of our people, here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's how it's looking in the grand scheme of things. This is why we're doing this today. This is why we did this the day before, so on and so forth. And I can recognize just the population of people that we have, right? Like I can look at our fittest people here and I can program something that I know is going to be able to, you know, <clears throat> help them and as well can be scaled to the rest of the people you know, in our gym to receive the same kind of stimulus. Um, so I think that would be the first thing would be like program for the best and then you scale for the rest, right? Like that's kind of the motto behind a lot of the workouts that I look at. Like we have a workout coming up on Friday, four rounds for time, a hundred double unders, 10 bar muscle ups, and then three unbroken clean and jerk complexes. That's a really tough workout. It's like 185, 125 loading for the clean and jerk complexes. Um, and it's, you know, that's not something that I'm not looking at our least fittest athlete and saying, okay, I'm going to program for them, right? No, I'm looking at our fittest and we have some very fit people and I'm programming for them. Um, what do you think about the program? I'm going to get the thoughts like distilled in my mind as I'm getting ready to answer this question. But what do you think about, like, because you've been at other gyms in the past and you've seen yeah. programming at other gyms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been at places that do it kind of all those ways, like six-week cycles, eight-week cycles, whatever. Um, I like doing it a week at a time just because, like, and this, this might not be, like, scientific or whatever, but you really don't know how everyone is going to respond to a week of programming until the week's over. Yep. Like, there's so many workouts where you think, like, oh, this is really going to hit my quads. Like, I'm going to be, my legs are going to be dead. And then it's something totally different. Like, mm -hmm. maybe people's biceps or, or whatever. Um, and so I like doing it 
I like that you do it that way just because it allows you to kind of read the situation and then make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. And I've actually worked at a gym in the past where, and this is, I mean, I know a lot of people that would say, no, you don't ever need to do this, but he did the owner of the gym did the class workouts every day with the class. Right. And he only programmed like one day at a time. So like the night before he would program the workout for the next day, but it it is stressful. (laughs) That's why, that's why I don't do it a day at a time, but he knew exactly how everyone else was feeling because he did the workouts every day with them. Right. And he knew in addition to that, he would be, you know, you just have, once you do it for a while, you have a sense of, well, you know, we went really long the other day and then we went, you know, maybe medium, like 15 to 20 minutes the day before, you know, we need to have something that's like hard, fast, quick, right? Like you just kind of get a general sense of like, oh, we did a lot of pulling at the beginning of the week. We need to lay off or we did, you know, um, because you're right. There are workouts that I've done plenty of times where it's like, oh man, my low back's going to be lit up. And then it's just like, you know, yeah, grip is gone or something. Um, And so, yeah, but back to just what I look at when I'm programming, I look at like variance is the, ow, bear. Um, Variance is um, the key. So I try to keep things as fresh as possible for you guys and routine is the enemy, right? So I don't ever, if I'm trying to program stuff that allows you guys to be good at everything, right? but not great at anything, then we have to be hitting all kinds of different time domains. We have to be hitting all kinds of different energy systems. We have to have a good mix and a good flow of that. So if you look at like this week, for example, I'll take everyone through a week of programming for this week. You know, Monday, this was, that was yesterday from the day we were recording this podcast. We did, you know, a really long workout with nothing but body weight. So it was, you know, a total of, 120 strict pull-ups a total of 180 push-ups and 270 air squats i think yeah. i mean so it's a it's a lot of volume it's a really long workout i think we had a 30 minute time cap on it and we only had maybe i think uh at the end of the day we probably had seven people finish it seven people finish it so that means that for the most part everyone in the entire gym was working for 30 minutes at constant effort yeah. right pulling pushing and then lower body squatting okay So then I'm looking at the next day and I'm thinking, okay, well, I know I don't want to do a lot of pulling or a lot of pushing because not a ton. And then I know that we don't want to do any squatting, but what we can do is we can do some hinging, right? Like, and I look at it through a movement pattern kind of lens. CrossFit, when you program for it, you're not looking at like, okay, I have an upper, you know, I'm going to do back and tries this day and I'm going to do, you know, legs and I don't know, abs the next day. That's not how you look at it. Like you look at it from a movement perspective of like push, pull, hinge, squat, right? And then you have your cyclical modalities that you can throw in there, which would be like your running, your rowing, your double unders, your ski, your bike, all that kind of stuff. So we had Monday and then Tuesday, I knew that was going to be a really good day for hinging. So, you know, hip flexion, extension, all that kind of stuff. So we went with four time, just a chipper type format of 30 deadlifts at 315, 225 and then 90 bar facing burpees, okay? Everyone this morning that did this workout so far finished under 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so so it's <clears throat> one of those things where we got some really heavy loading on the deadlifts, and then we were able to push the intensity on the bar facing burpees, which it is a push, but at the same time, it's also you have that hip flexion and extension and then the jump over the bar. So that was Tuesday. So then Wednesday, we have it coming up where we've got three rounds, right, in a five-minute window. Now we're doing interval stuff, 
right? So now instead of going at a constant pace and a constant effort for a long time or 15 minutes, whatever it may be, now we're going to try to push the intensity high, back off, have some recovery, go back and forth, right? So it's five minute window, thousand meter row, five minute window, 800 meter run. So you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, it's probably going to be about, you know, guys, really good guys will get off all both of those in about three and a half minutes, right? So they got 90 seconds to rest. So it's still a 30 minute time domain, but the actual amount of time that they're working is much shorter, right? And it allows the intensity to be higher. So like those are the first three days of the week. Um, and then on Thursday, we have heavy back squats, five seated box jumps after each one, right? And then we have a hard hitting five minute AMRAP which just wall wall two for ones, which we've never done in our gym before. But yeah. Um, you, that will, yeah, that'll be, that'd be pretty brutal. But again, different energy system there, right? Now we're getting into the anaerobic fo creatine phosphate, if you want to call that. Some people call it battery, whatever it may be, but that's what we're doing with the box jumps. And then you just have some lower body muscular endurance phase stuff with the five minute AMRAP of wall ball two for ones. Um, and then Friday, I've already mentioned Friday's workout, which is a really classic kind of mixed CrossFit workout. So you have gymnastic movement in there with the bar muscle ups. You have a monostructural movement in there with the double unders. And then you have a uh, weightlifting movement with the clean and jerk complexes. And then our weekend workouts, I'll be honest, like those are the ones where I really kind of have to, those are the only days out of the week where I look at and I think what's going to get people in the door and what is going to, um, what are people going to want to do on those days? because we only have one class on Saturday and we have one class on Sunday, Saturday. I mean, you may get 15 people in a class, but that's usually about the largest Sundays. Sometimes are big, yeah. but Sundays are our sweat workout. So yeah. that's really something for people just to come in, break a sweat. We really take the intensity down and we focus on movements that we probably normally don't do in class a lot. Um, and so that's really kind of how I look at it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah. I feel like you should briefly explain the energy pathways so that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> we could do that. Um, so, and this is kind of a loaded question because I'm actually going through a phase right now in my own mind where, because I do program for individual athletes, I look at their energy system training a lot differently than I look at classes, energy system training. So the old model of energy system training for that you'll find in just about any textbook. So you look through, you know, essentials of strength training and conditioning by NSCA, any of those kind of books that you can find, or even <clears throat> a lot of the books like on marathon running or rowing or swimming, anything like that. swimming, not, not so much, but any of the others, they're going to come into a, like a classic three bucket model. And what that means is, is that you're going to have your anaerobic, then you're going to have your lactic, and then you're going to have your aerobic. And so what that looks like is, you know, your anaerobic energy system is going to be anywhere from zero to 30 seconds, right? And then your uh, lactic system is going to be anywhere from, you know, around that one minute mark or so up to about six minutes. And all these are very rough guidelines. But then you're also going to have your aerobic system after that, which is going to be, you know, on your marathon runner, right? Like they're your aerobic athlete. They're doing nothing but taxing the aerobic system because that's their sport. That's why um, 
15 years ago or so when CrossFit was really big um, and people didn't recognize it it was because like the picture of health people had in their mind was a a runner. Like that's what people thought 15 years ago. They were like, when you thought who's fit, you thought of a runner, a long distance runner. But the problem is, is that they're not able to do the only thing they're good at is running. They're not able to lift heavy. They're not able to go fast. They're only taxing one energy system and they're leaving a lot else on the table there that we believe you need to have in order to be healthy. So those are the three primary systems that we have. So like on Thursday would have been, or Wednesday, sorry, for this week's programming with the running and the rowing, that would be a classic, pretty much aerobic, uh, aerobic threshold type of interval training workout. Tuesday with the deadlifts and the bar facing burpees, that's really gonna be a mix. And what I mean by that is that it really looks like a anaerobic workout for the deadlifts because most people are going to be doing singles, quick singles, maybe maybe twos or threes, right? To get through those 30 reps because it's at such a heavy load. Like most people are going to be lifting around 80% of their one RM, maybe a little bit lower. So, but then they get into burpees, right? And then from there, if you're good enough at burpees, it becomes an aerobic type training system where you're able to keep constant movement, right? Just over and over and over again. Um, and then like lactic stuff that would be we don't have a lactic actual workout program this week if we were gonna have one though it would be something like for people who are really good um like just a straight 1k row for time would be uh would be a really good lactic type tester right that's what i give my athletes so those are the energy systems and for general pop and like i said that's an outdated model now the way they look at it is they really break it up into four buckets and you have your respiratory system, your cardiac system, you have your, uh, uh, um, oh, I'm forgetting, your delivery system, I'm sorry, utilization system, and then you have your central nervous system. So that's really how I look at it for my individual programming athletes. I look at them and I say, are they a respiratory limited athlete? Meaning that their diaphragm actually needs to get stronger uh, because it can't keep up and they can't bring in O2 and offload CO2 at a quick enough rate are they a delivery limited athlete meaning that their heart can't pump with stroke volume and cardiac output they can't pump enough blood to the muscles fast enough to break through the tension that they have in their body with certain movements i'm a cardiac limited athlete is that what i am um no not really Uh, I think you're actually a utilization limited athlete, which utilization limited basically just means that you're able to get in O2 and offload CO2 good. You're able to get blood to your muscles really well. But when it comes down to actually being able to utilize the energy, the O2 in the muscles to be able to convert it for energy, right? For the metabolic processes that you need, there's a lag there, right? So it's almost like that. Imagine pumping a water hose, but like you, kink off one end right like all the water is rushing through it but it can't be taken up to be used by the muscle right and then you have central nervous system uh which is that that one's a little bit a little bit different than the other three but that's kind of how i look at those energy system buckets now uh but i really think that this may sound like some people may i may get crucified for saying this but i just think that a lot of people try to make programming a lot more complicated than it needs to be for gyms yeah. I mean that that could be wrong, but I really I'd really just think a lot of people make it more complicated than it is. Oh yeah. Like I would agree. give them 
make sure you're hitting your proper movement patterns. Make sure you're hitting varying time domains, right? And make sure you're just not falling into your own biases of programming, right? Like, which is why it's helpful for me to have you guys like look yeah. at the programming and be like, hey, dude, we haven't done handstand push-ups in a month. Yeah. And that's because I suck at handstand push-ups, so I stay <laughs> away from them. So it's like, yeah, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, I won't get on my soapbox about a bunch of other, yeah, just issues that I have with programming in the fitness space in general, but I have a lot of them. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, if I didn't know anything about fitness, what question would I ask you? Why is it important for us to hit all of those? Well, that's what CrossFit is, right? Right. Like, there's a really good, uh, you, I'm sure you've heard the story about, um, what's the, K- Casey Bergener? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weightlifter yeah. and then who was the oh mark mark allen yeah the uh like okay yeah so <clears throat> they were doing these tests and they brought in uh mark allen who won the hawaii ironman mm-hmm. eight time, eight years in a row or something yeah. crazy and then casey bergener who's a uh usa olympic weightlifter so you could obviously argue that they are both really good athletes they're both professional athletes but um they put them side by side and had them both do fran and I can't remember, I think Mark Allen, it took him like, I don't know, 20-something minutes to do Fran because he couldn't lift the weight. And then Casey quit the workout, right? Because the weight was light, but he couldn't breathe. It's just me. <laughs> but, um, and I just love that, like, comparison because that's what CrossFit does, right? We don't specialize, so we're good. We're supposed to be good at everything. So that's why. Yeah you have to hit all the systems yeah make and, sure you're not missing anything yeah and the point of that analogy is they're like okay if we have a crossfitter who does everything right like they do general physical preparedness programming like crossfit they're gonna run they're gonna weight lift they're gonna do things like fran they're gonna do things like you know diane jackie all that kind of stuff they're gonna get a good broad base of everything so if you were to take those three people have all of them run a marathon well, the CrossFitter is going to come in second. He's not going to be nearly as good as the person who's won the Ironman, right? Right. You have all of them do an Olympic lifting meet, and they max out on their snatch and on their clean and jerk. The CrossFitter is going to be second in that as well, right? And then you have them all do Fran. Well, now the CrossFitter is going to win that one, right? right? And it's one of those things where who's the one who's got the broadest general base of fitness? Right. right? Um, <clears throat> and that's, a, that's, again why we program the way that we do. We're not programming to make anyone in here great at anything. We want you to be prepared for whatever it is that the demands of life may throw at you. And you don't really know what that's going to be because you never know what life is going to throw at you. Um, And I understand there's a little bit of a, you know, that doesn't hold a lot of water when you're talking about like overhead squats. Like when am I ever going to have to overhead squat in my life? Like that's not what I'm saying. But the point being that if you can do a really good overhead squat, guess what? I know you can do a good front squat, a good back squat, right? And for whatever reason, I also know you're going to have good movement patterns and a lot of other things that we do as well, just because yeah. of the translation that it has to other things in life. So, What if we did have a zombie apocalypse? There you, you go. got to be strong. Yep. you got to mm-hmm. be fast. you got to have accuracy to shoot those things. That's yep. right. Yep. There you go. That's what we're training for, the yep. zombie apocalypse. Um, that money that you guys give us for membership, we put to good use by then. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I don't want to get into a discussion right now of like health and wellness and how that relates to fitness, but there is a direct correlation between the people who are fittest in the gym. They are the healthiest, like they are the healthiest people in terms of 
biometric testing that we're talking about, like, you know, uh, blood markers, so things like cholesterol, things like risk of heart attack, diabetes, all that kind of stuff. The people who have a broad general inclusive fitness are the ones who are at least risk of developing those kind of chronic diseases. And that's why, you know, that's why CrossFit works and that's why it's been around for so long. And I don't look for, you know, there's always ways that my programming can get better and all that kind of stuff, but I know my programming works and CrossFit works more importantly, not just my programming, but CrossFit works because I see people come in here that have been with us now for years. They don't touch a bar for a back squat. We did a back squat last week for a three rep max. Okay. We had not done a max on back squat in probably like three or four months. Yeah, it had been a minute. A long time. And people came in here and hit PRs. Oh, on yeah. their threat max back like more than 75 percent of people I right say. and so that's one of those things where it's like okay well then you know do i really even need to know why it works if i just know that it works yeah i don't i don't i don't think you do um so anyways those are those are two really really good questions um oh i just got a new question i'd um, like oh okay all right we're gonna finish with this one we're at 49 minutes right now. So if you're still listening, <laughs> props. Okay. Grant Shipley. He says. Oh, Grant. Oh, wait. Hang on. I got another one by Judd. I don't <gasps> know. Hang on. What should I answer? Oh, wait. Let me pull them up. All right. Hmm. Oh, man. Grant, that's a great question. Wait, where's Judd? I don't have one from Judd. Oh, she answered your Instagram thing. No, she said, yes, I would love to know how you pair certain movements together and the strategy technique of programming, how you determine the rep scheme, weight, movements, number of rounds, etc. All right, Judd, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I answered those, but I will go, we'll stick with the programming one because we just finished with it. So I would love to know how you pair certain movements together and the strategy technique of programming. Let's start there. All right, certain movement pairings, okay? Again, that comes down to movement patterns that we've done throughout the week, right? And throughout the month, okay? So I'm looking at our push to pull ratio, right? So in other words, I'm looking at it and I'm like, if I look at a month that I've programmed, I don't wanna see that we've done 15 days of upper body pulling and three days of upper body pushing. Does that make sense, guys? So like, y'all can't talk to me, that's okay. but I want to have an even, a pretty even balance there. But when it comes to moving pairings in movement pairings in workouts, I go back, I split movements up into three categories, the gymnastics, the monostructural and the weightlifting, right? Those are our three movement categories that we have. And so I try to get as good of a balance and of a mix of, okay, today we have a weightlifting and a gymnastic component. Tomorrow we have just a monostructural component. Then Friday, we have weightlifting, gymnastics, and monostructural, right? We're getting a good mix of all three of those things being thrown together and paired. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is in terms of interference. So if you take a workout like Fran, right, which is the classic CrossFit couplet of 21-59 thrusters and pull-ups, okay? We take that workout, a thruster. It's a lower body squat into an upper body push right? And then you go into pull-ups, which is an upper body pull, okay? 
None of those things are interfering with one another. That's why Fran hurts so bad and everyone hates doing it is because when you do your thrusters, it takes away absolutely no ability for you to be able to do pull-ups. You can go, you can be like out of breath as much as possible, but you know you can jump up and get a pull-up because your arms are fresh, technically speaking, for that upper body pull, right? And there's a lot of classic, classic CrossFit workout movement uh, benchmarks that are like that. Diane, 2159 deadlift handstand push-ups, right? Doing a deadlift from the ground doesn't affect how you do a handstand push-up, okay? Same thing with something like Elizabeth, which would be squat cleans and ring dips, right? We go on and on with those pairings. So you really try to look at like which ones don't interfere and are gonna allow the highest level of intensity possible because we believe that intensity is where results are, right? Um, so yeah. I also, um, just from like a coaching standpoint, which I don't know if you, I'm, well, I'm sure you think about it, but we, we typically do a good job working things out, but like you have to look at your gym setup. Yeah. That's not a scientific answer, but like in our gym, you know, our rig is up against the wall. So like if we had <clears throat> wall balls and handstand pushups and pull-ups, mm -hmm. that would be a logistical nightmare. Yep. Uh, not to say that we won't ever have that, but you know, yeah, but it means that you have to, yeah. And like, that's a good point with, you know, I would love to have workouts for you guys to come in and do that were like five rounds for time with like 500 meter row and 15 thrusters at like 135, 95, but we have 10 rowers, <laughs> but we have 10 rowers. So like if we have a class of 20 people, yeah. there's no way we can do that. Right. Right. So that's where, yeah, that logistical component of it for sure definitely comes into play. That's why you guys probably see a lot of times when we do something like rowing, there's usually another element in there with a bike because we have 10 rowers yeah. and we have 10 bikes. Yeah. So it's easy to split people up 10 and 10 and know that we're not going to get log jammed. Um, <clears throat> and so that would be the, the strategy and the technique of programming Judd. I don't, um, I would just say it's an art. You have to do it and keep doing it. And you know, your first couple paintings are going to look like crap. And then after that, you naturally kind of get a feel and a flow for how it's supposed to go. So the rep scheme, weight movements, number of rounds, all that kind of stuff. That's, I mean, what we just talked about. Do so. you, um, I remember going through my L1 and they talked, or maybe it wasn't the CrossFit L1. I don't know. Something I've studied, um, tells you to go through and add up all your reps for like a week for so a that week. you know, like how much volume you're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. do that? I do that in my mind for the gym. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is I keep like a running total in my mind of like how, again, how much like pushing, pulling, squatting hinging, all that kind of stuff that we've done to kind of have a general idea when it comes down to the individual purposes. And this is why you can't really do that for a gym is because so many people, if they don't come two days out of the week, Oh, that's true. Yeah. It what is right. What do they miss? You yeah. know, like, and then how do you, that's why cycles, like you said, programming six, eight, 10, 12 week cycles. Yeah. Like you don't know if people are going to be here three days out of the week, right? Like yeah. you don't know if they're going to be able to hit their squat percentages every day and all, you know, cause they're not even here. And so that's where that gets kind of tricky. But for my individual athletes, I do, I have a running total of, Hey, here's how many contractions of, you know, a certain type of knee flexion movement that we've done certain type of hip flexion or hip extension, whatever it may be, because you can use those to prepare for game day, right? Like yeah. you can look at the open and you can look at, you know, every year for the past 10 years, I think there's been in eight years of that, like an uh, excess of 200 wall balls, like in one workout at yeah. a time, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if we're gonna prepare for that, then realistically, like I need to prepare my athletes to have like in one session, 
a total of like 250 to 300 contractions of hip extension and knee extension, right? Yeah. And flexion. So um, you can use that. Yeah, it depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go for that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so, all right. Bear is getting kind of antsy, guys. He's he's ready to go. So are we saving Grant's question for next? Time? I think we are. Let's we'll do another Q and A. Uh, this uh, episode will be released next week, so like December the tenth. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the one that came out last week, that will be with George Lawton, um, and he's a member here, owns his own real estate company. Great, great episode. Just member spotlight. So make sure you go and check that one out. If you guys see Rebecca, tell her she did a great job as her first co-host. And then, uh, yeah, fam, we'll see you in the gym for a great week of programming. Keep the questions coming. We'll be happy to answer them. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.